Good morning. This is uh, not my normal preaching attire, but third through sixth graders chanting your name at a Chick-fil-A, asking you to wear the shirt when you preach can be very, very, very persuasive. So here I am uh, preaching in a t-shirt this morning. So um, there, that's, there's that. Um, I wanted you to uh, turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 13. As you turn there, um, most of you, if not all of you, should have received a survey last week uh, that us as pastors are asking you to fill out just to kind of see where we are as a church, to see some strengths and weaknesses. And um, I know we did one of these a, a few years ago, but I mean, this one is strictly designed by us. It's 22 questions. It should take you uh, about five minutes to complete. And we, we tried to get it down to these are the things we definitely need to know. Um, as we look to the future of our church. And so I would encourage you to please fill those out. We'll be sending out another link to it tomorrow. Um, you only have to fill it out once. If you've, if you've already filled it out, don't worry about it. But if you haven't yet, uh, please fill that out because that's, that's just five minutes that can mean a whole lot to our church in the years ahead. And so please uh, answer those 22 questions. And that, they are anonymous there's no way for us to look in and, and, uh, and figure out and, and uh, names and, and all of that stuff. So please help us out by, by doing those surveys. So John chapter 13, we'll be reading from verses 1 through 20, a very familiar and, uh, and loved story in Scripture of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. It says this in verse 1, Now before the Feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hand and that He had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, that was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor his messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know who I have chosen, but the Scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I'm He. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Now what we have here is is this wonderful example. Jesus tells us why He's doing this. It's to serve as an example of how we are to live our lives. I love uh, verse 1 and and what this, what verse one really is, it's an introduction to the passion. It's the introduction to the climax of, of this, of the hour that has come for him to lay down his life for his people. He says, now, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And that's what this is about. This is the end. This is the conclusion. Uh, the rest of our time in John is the end. It's that huge climax of Christ laying down His life for us. And so, all, all that comes after is about pointing to the cross, including this wonderful story of Christ washing the disciples' feet. This is about the cross. This is about what Jesus is going to do. So let's look at how we're going to look at that example of how to serve like Jesus. It says that Jesus served out of His self-sufficiency. Look here what begins this act of service. It says this in verse 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands and that He had come from God and He was going back to God. Jesus kind of is basking in this confidence of of His victory. He knows He's going to win. And He knows where He's come from. He's come from God. He is God in the flesh. And He's about to go back to His Father. And so, we see this picture of confidence. Think about it. He knows that He's going to win. And He knows His place in the world. Find me a man with guaranteed success that that knows his place in the world. And that, my friend, is a confident man. So what what does someone do with confidence when you feel like, yes, I've got this, I can do this. And you're confident in your success in whatever you do. Well, in our world, we'd expect a confidence man would be a man that goes and conquers something out of that confidence, right? Maybe go go find someone to fight. In confidence, I want to I want to dominate someone. I want to fight someone. Maybe maybe go buy a company out if you're feeling confident in business. And hey, I got I've made a lot of money. I'm going to make some more money. I'm going to go buy a company, another company. Or maybe I'm going to go out to the bar and find the prettiest woman at the bar and I'm going to woo her. And that's usually what we think of. That's what a confident and, and fulfilled man that 
knows His place in this world. But what does Christ do out of this absolute confidence? Out of this absolute sufficiency in who He is? Well, it says He rose from supper. He laid aside His outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around His waist. Then He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around Him. Christ, out of His own confidence and knowing His place in the world and knowing that He's going to win, out of that confidence, what does He do? He serves. He takes off His outer garments and He puts a towel around Himself and He, he reaches down to, to, to clean dirty, filthy feet. And we see Paul kind of make this point in Acts chapter 17. Verse 25, when he's preaching, he's, he's talking about, he's, he's among all these gods that are, all these temples are being built and all these altars are being built. And here's what he says about the true God. He says, He is not served by human hands as though He needed anything, since He Himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. God is not the master that needs slaves to fulfill Him and make Him feel better. That's not who God is. God is the self-sufficient One. He's the One that's already everything that He needs to be. And so He's not the, 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 the conquering King and look, looking for slaves. He is the benevolent King that is already conquered and is desiring to Bless His subjects. God is not a cup that's longing to be filled. He's the fountain that's overflowing to fill cups. He is the only one that is confident and self-sufficient. So, so much so that he can, He's free to serve other people. So I think we can take a great lesson from this that if you want to be a servant like Christ, you must be satisfied like Christ. And the only way to be satisfied like Christ is to be satisfied in Christ. Is to turn to Christ and turn to the Father and turn to the, the Spirit for your absolute satisfaction. When we turn to Christ, we are like like Christ, confident in our victory. We know who stands behind us. And we're confident because we know that we, are, we come from Christ, that we're in Christ, and that we're going to go one day go to be with Christ. We know our place in this world. And if you're able to know your place, you will know that you can serve. That your life doesn't have to be about you because you have a God that satisfies you. The man who moves from one woman to the next, he's a child trying to find his place. The man who loves one woman for life and he serves her, that is a satisfied man. The man who never comes home from his hobbies is insecure trying to find his place. The man who 
comes home and plays with his kids and shepherds the hearts of his kids is the man secure and the grown-up man and the real man of this world. How are you making your community better? Are you wanting community and people around you serve me? Make me feel better about myself? Or do you go into the community wanting to make everyone feel loved and and, and to feel them feel your kindness. Only the confident, only the truly confident and fulfilled and satisfied can reach down to serve others. Otherwise, we're worried about us. If we're not confident, we're not secure, we, we want others to serve us, not us to serve others. God is not a needy God that comes to create slaves to satisfy His needs. He is a sufficient God that stoops to meet our needs and He calls us to be people that out of our satisfaction in Christ can serve others. We see from this text that Jesus served even His enemies. Notice that throughout this event we are constantly reminded of Judas and Judas's current decision that is in Judas's heart. We see it in verse 2, verse 11, verse 18, verse 19. Is that Judas is going to betray Jesus. And this action is already in his heart. He's going to do it. And, and the reality is, is that Jesus knows. He knows what's in his heart. He knows what Judas is going to do to him. So what does Jesus do? Does He skip him in the foot washing? As he say, I only serve those who serve me. I only am kind to those who are kind to me. And you're about to turn me over to be crucified. And so I'm not serving you. I'm going to the next disciple. No. Jesus stoops down and He washes Judas' dirty feet. The feet of a betrayer. The feet of one that is already putting into action a plan to go against Him. And He reaches down and He Shows kindness and love to Him. Why? Because servants don't serve because what they can get out of others. They serve because it's what they've been called to do and it's good and it's kind. It's, it's what Christ did and it's what we should do. Here's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5.43, He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you folks what jesus commands there that goes against every fiber of our human nature to to do kindness and and love to someone that is my enemy someone that doesn't want good of me but yet jesus didn't just teach these words he practiced them. We see Him stooping down to wash an enemy's feet. Folks, we live in a polarized society. There are plenty of what we might call enemies to go around. There are issues where the lines of politics and religion are sometimes blurred. 
But just because someone stands in opposition of Christianity or what Christianity commands in the Scriptures concerning things like abortion and marriage, just because people stand against those things does not in any way take away from you the responsibility to treat those people with love and with kindness. Not an affirmation of what you disagree with. Not saying, oh, it's perfectly fine that God's okay with whatever you do. No, we don't, we don't back away from the truth, but that doesn't mean we can't love those who disagree. And to treat them with respect and honor as image bearers of God. So I, I think it's just a great lesson for us in a world where, man, things are polarized. For us as Christians to, to, to live the example of Christ and even be kind to those who want evil of us, who want bad things for us. If Christ can stoop to wash Jesus' feet, then we must move in acts of love towards our own enemies. You know, you you don't have to feel good about it. Did you know that? I mean, we base love and and kindness so much on feelings that I'll I'll do what I feel like doing. I don't feel like doing it, so I'm not going to do it. When the Bible tells us to give water and food to our enemies, it doesn't tell us we have to feel good about it. It just says to do it. So think about the fact that the the concept of in Christianity and Jesus' example of loving our enemies, it lets us out of the hook loving no one. That there is not one person on the face of this earth that is not entitled to your loving kindness. In the counseling office, sometimes I have a uh, a couple and and the spouse is saying that man they're against me they're. I just feel like every time I turn around, it's just they're not good for me. And and I say, do they do they kind of feel like they're because they kind of say I, I shouldn't have to love and be kind to someone that isn't giving me kindness and love. So I say, well, would you say they're your enemy? Yeah, that's it. They, they they feel like my enemy. Well, let's see what the Bible says about how we should treat our enemies. And we circle right back around to with love and kindness and, and care, not giving them, not returning evil for good, but giving them kindness despite of their evil to us. And so let's follow Jesus' example and serve even those who won't ill of us, our enemies. We see that Jesus served to be our example here. After he washes his feet, he just gave a very clear explanation of what he just did. He said, verse 12, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so am I, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I've done to you. Jesus is clear here. He's saying, I'm doing this so that you'll see me doing it and you'll go and do the same thing. And what he does is he he brings his status into it and he says, hey, you call me Lord, you call me teacher, and he says, rightly so, because that's what I am. 
I'm an elevate, I have, a, I have an elevated position. I have authority over you. I'm your Lord and your teacher. But he says, and if, but if I'm willing, if I'm willing to stoop down and wash your feet, then how much more should all of you be willing to wash one another's feet? And there's so many of us that we, we think it's, we're too good to do the dirty things of service. Folks, we serve a Christ who loved us to the end by going to the cross. Laying down His life on the cross, experiencing the wrath of God for sin on the, for us. And we think that Christianity is going to be about our comfort. That Christianity is about never having to stoop down and serve others or love people we don't want to love. Do we honestly, when we look at our Lord and Savior and see what He experienced, do we really think that it's going to be something comfortable that we're never asked to do anything? That we're just asked to come to church with the music that we love? Hear sermons of uh, telling us that we're great and then go home and live our lives and never be asked to, to stoop down and get dirty. ridiculous we are to walk as christ walked which includes walking uh in in looking for the needs of others and alleviating the needs of others do you live one of our the core values of our church here at wyatt is to live with generosity of our lives and our possessions would you say that you live with a, a life of generosity, of, of serving others, of being in service? What I love about Wyatt is you have every opportunity. You have every opportunity to be involved in service here. You do. We've got children's programs like Awana, youth that you can go and volunteer and serve those teenagers. We have mentoring at the schools. We have feeding at the Salvation Army. We have a service at the nursing home. We have things that I'm going to forget and someone's going to get mad at me because we have so many things, so many opportunities to serve here at Wyatt that if we would just look and think about how we might give, there's, there's a place to give here. And none of us are too good for any of it. None of us are too busy for any of it. Let us be people that serve like Christ served. He served as our example. But we see, also see here that there's something much deeper going on than simply be a servant like me. And we see this through Jesus' interaction with Peter. So I want us to look at the fact that Jesus served as more than an example. It says, he came to Simon Peter. We're going back to verse 6. He, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't understand now, but afterwards you will understand. So, so Peter looks at the situation and it's, it's pretty logical. His thought process. I mean, look, think about the person. Maybe you've never met them as some famous person or some political figure that you admire. And let's imagine that you just, you just think they're the greatest thing 
walking the earth today, and they were to show up at your house, and they were to say, I'm here to scrub your toilets. You'd say, no, you're not. No, you're not. Come and sit at my table. I'm going to fix you a meal. We're going to hang out and talk. I, I, I think you're the greatest. I think you're amazing. You're not going to spend your time with me scrubbing the toilets. And so that's all Peter is doing here. He's saying, man, I, I love you and I respect you so much that I can't be- possibly ask you to do something as filthy as wash my nasty feet. I can't do it. And so Jesus replies, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. You see, Peter doesn't mean offense. He, I don't think he meant to be offensive to Jesus, but in a sense, he's being too proud to accept the service of the Lord. And the reality is, is that we're all desperate. We're all needy and we all so much need Christ that anything He offers to do for us, we never ever want to say, I, I, no, don't do that. We're needy and we're desperate and that's what Peter didn't understand. It didn't matter that he was too prideful or any of that it, or, or that he just didn't want the Savior to have to wash his nasty feet. It didn't matter what was going on. What mattered was Jesus saying, Peter, you need me. You need me. And so, Peter gets it, right? So, Peter didn't always get it, right? Peter was sometimes a little dense. But it seems like he gets it here. So, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my my hands and my head. He goes from saying, oh, no, I'm good, to, man, wash all of me. Like, wash me, okay? If, 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 If this is part of being with you and and being yours, then go to town. Wash me clean. Folks, the greatest honor that we can give Christ is not, hey, thanks for the boost. I got it from here. The best way to honor Christ is to again and again and again come in the desperation for His grace. Psalm 116, 12. I love this verse. What shall I render to the Lord for all of His benefits to me? Like, like He's so great. Because the psalmist is saying, He's so great. He's so such a provider. He does so much for me. What can I do for Him in return? He goes on to say, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Like, isn't that fascinating that it's not, hey, what can you do because Christ has served you? Hey, go, hey, serve Him. It actually says, no, hold up the cup of, of salvation and say, I need a refill. I need a refill. And you drink that and you hold up the cup and you say, I need a refill. It's out of that daily desperation of, of always needing Christ's grace, always asking for His help. That's how we honor and glorify the King. It's not saying, I'm good today. 
Now, you really helped me out yesterday, so I really got to give back to you without your help. No, it's constantly lifting up that cup of salvation and asking the Lord to fill it. Look what Jesus says to his request to hey, wash my, my hands and my head as well. It says, Jesus said to him in verse 10, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. Jesus is just pointing that, hey, there's, there's a deeper meaning here. And he's saying to Peter, hey, man, you're already clean. You're already of course, he's talking about spiritually clean. He, Peter might have been nasty physically, but he was spiritually clean. Why? Because of his faith. Because Peter, unlike Judas, who's betraying Christ, Peter believes in Christ. Peter's all in with Christ. And so Jesus says, hey man, you're already clean. I've already cleaned you. You see, the liberal theologians... They like to downplay the gospel and what Christ did and his work on the cross, that, that bloody cross thing. They're not crazy about that, but they love a verse like this because, hey, it's all about Jesus being nice. And it's about Jesus, Jesus after he's nice, he says, hey, be kind. Be kind like I was just kind. Be, be like me. And so that, that's just in their wheelhouse, right? Hey, that's what Christianity is all about. It's like it's it's looking at Jesus and how nice he was and being nice like him. That's Christianity to them. But what Jesus is saying here uh, in this in this context of Peter that that no, that it's not just that he's serving as an example. He's cleaning. He's cleaned their souls, and we need more than just an example. We, if Christ had just come, washed the feet, and said, hey, do like that, you're going to be great. Just be like me. Just be exactly, be exactly like me. I'm going to go up to heaven, wait for you to get there. That's not good news. Because none of us are capable of perfectly uh, serving others all the time, of perfectly loving our enemies all the time. We are going to fail. And that's why we need someone that's more than just an example, but someone who is able to wash our souls. And that's what Christ has done for us. Folks, we as Christians should absolutely desire and to strive to live lives that are characteristic of Christ. But we needed more than just an example. We needed a supernatural Savior that could wipe clean our souls. And that is what we need and will always need. And so, putting those two things together, we have a Savior that has showed us, hey, go out into the world and be good. Be good. Go out and look for opportunities to serve. Look for opportunities to do the things that no one else wants to do. You know, I've uh, had a friend, uh, just a, a great, a great man of God that that uh, was just always, has always been an encouragement to me. And he was talking one time about um, working at Starbucks. He worked at Starbucks, and we we're talking about 
how do you live, you know, because this guy was a minister and, and, and he was having a time where uh, he wasn't in the ministry. He was just just trying to make ends meet. And so he was uh, working at a coffee place. And so he said, you know, what I try to do, what I try to do in my life, you know, because I know I'm not out there preaching, um, you know, in a pulpit, but I'm trying, like what I try to do at work, there's this particular drink. There's this coffee drink that's hard to make. And everyone, deep down inside, when you order your Starbucks, the workers are like, oh, no, i got to make that. That's really complicated and hard. And he said, I, I try to always volunteer. I try to always volunteer. I try to be the one that, that makes that complicated drink. Why? Because he's trying to serve. He's trying to, to be Christ to the other workers at, at Starbucks, trying to be different, trying to be... To say, hey, I'm not too good for this, but because of Christ, because of the way He satisfies me, I'm able to go and to serve others. And those are just the little things that every day do you really think about when you're at your work and something that needs to be done that's beneath you. Are you willing to, to do that thing to model Christ? So Christians, let's, let's do that. Let's go into life and do good. But realize that you will never be perfect. You will never live exactly as good as Jesus lived. won't even get close, let's be honest. And that's why we need a supernatural Savior that's both our example, yes, but He's more than our example. He's the one that cleanses our souls supernaturally. Christian, think about your service this morning as we as we wrap up. Think about, are you living that Wyatt core value? Are you being generous with your life and your possessions? Do you have a place of service? Do you serve at your job? Do you serve as you go about your day? Do you serve your wife? Do you serve your family? How's your service? And I would encourage anyone here who has never been washed clean, through the blood of Christ, through Christ's death on the cross. Uh, if you've never done that, then that's step one. You can never be that person that's good enough, that does enough good service to get to, to get to heaven. It's only through Christ and what He has done for you. It's His work, not your own, that gets you uh, to the righteousness that only Christ can give. I ask you to please stand as our musicians come. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer and just ask that you would respond however Christ has put on your heart to respond this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for Christ and that He came not to serve, uh, not to be served, but to serve. Because God, we needed Him. We need Him every day. God, just help us as Peter was corrected, help us to be corrected and realize that every day God, we need to lift up the cup of salvation and ask for You to fill it. And God, when You have done so, help us to serve others. Help us to, out of that satisfaction, out of that feeling from You to, to pour out our lives for others. Help us to live as a church in line with our values of 
living in generosity with our lives and our possessions. God, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, who's never been washed clean, God, I pray that they would trust in you today. Move in their hearts. Help them to see their need to be served by you through Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Your house this morning. I thank you that my grandson was saved this past week. and.